Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. Whatever God's cooking out there, I think it's ready. I think it's done. I think we've, we've left it in the oven long enough. I think, I know summer may have just started, but it's, it's already at peak heat. It's gotten there, amen. Thanking God for some air conditioning tonight. Thanking God for some AC. Thanking God for some indoors. Hallelujah. Nothing like South Georgia summers. You got heat, you got bugs, you got sweat, you got all of it. It's the whole combination. I am uh, going to wrap up tonight the uh, teaching that we have been in on the gifts of the Spirit. How many of y'all have enjoyed this? If you've, en- if you've enjoyed this, say amen. If you haven't enjoyed it, say oh me. Oh me, oh my. Uh, I've enjoyed teaching it. I'll be honest with you. It's not a subject that I have taught on and uh, really pressed into a whole lot in my life and in my uh, ministry and and, in teaching and pastoring. Um, You know, we try to stay more general. We try to stay, uh, you know, this is the type of teaching, honestly, that I would reserve for more of like a classroom setting for something a little more invested, and I would probably go even deeper than I have um, in these lessons. But I've had so many of you just tell me week after week how much it's blessed you, how much it's opened your eyes, how much you are seeing things clear. And I want to remind you that we're not teaching these, these elements in part to break them down and set them aside uh, one by one, but so that we can understand fully how the Holy Spirit wants to operate in and through our lives understand how these gifts ought to be expected and demonstrated in our lives today, that this is not something that's on the back burner. This isn't something that God has put aside. This isn't, these aren't gifts uh, that were given, you know, that have become archaic and, and, and old and traditional. Um, It's not just set aside for Pentecostal believers or charismatic believers or spirit filled. This is for every believer, and they ought to be uh, uh, expected to be in operation, but they've got to be uh, passionately run after. That's the first thing that Paul addresses is that he says, pursue or desire spiritual gifts. And so the key is we've got to have a pursuit of these things. We've got to have a zeal and a passion and a value for these things. And as we lose or diminish value for the gifts of the Spirit, what happens is, is on the backside, we then have to create naturally what God wanted to do supernaturally. We end up living with an absence of miracles, of revelations, of power, of utterance, of God speaking to us either through prophetic manifestations or tongues and interpretations of tongues. Uh, We then begin uh, anywhere that I'm void of supernatural or spiritual elements in my life, 
man has found in its creative passions and pursuits ways to manipulate and manufacture what was only designed to be given by the Holy Spirit. All nine of these gifts are supernatural 100%. And I hope that you've seen that through the first six that we've looked at, uh, that there is no natural capacity whatsoever except for the fact that we are partnering and participating with the Holy Spirit. But the revelation is not just something I learned or came into knowledge of on my own. The utterance, the prophetic words or, or, or the tongues given are not something that I went to school, developed a skill for, or, or, or worked up in my own natural ability. Amen? And the same that we're going to see with these power gifts tonight. There's no natural ability, no natural capacity whatsoever to demonstrate these gifts of the Spirit on our own. It's, it's vessels yielded to the Holy Spirit that he now employs and deploys in acts of service and acts of ministry and acts of demonstration so that we can see God do what he wants to do in the earth. God is trying to bring his uh, entrance of his kingdom into this earth, and this is how he's doing it. He's doing it through power. He's doing it through revelation by revealing something to you that only the Spirit knows. And he's doing it by utterance, by speaking things to you directly from, I mean, when a prophetic word is given, when a tongue and an interpretation is given, I mean, that is such a supernatural manifestation. I mean, our attention, our focus should be so attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to what heaven is wanting to say. That is not the man of God anymore. That is not the prophet. That is not the teacher. That is not the apostle. That is not the evangelist. That's not the pastor. It is literally heaven colliding with the earth and opening up something to you from a completely different dimension. Okay? And so we need to have this zeal and this passion. And many times, you know, as a teacher, um, it's easy for me that if there is a, a, a devaluing, a diminishing or deficiency of something, teaching is always one of the best ways to create the and, and generate the passion and the zeal for it. If you remember in Mark chapter 6, you don't have to turn there, just you can jot it down, Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes back to his hometown. Uh, they saw and were astonished and amazed at the words that he spoke and the miracles he performed. But then they doubted. It said that they could not reconcile how great and mighty gifts were being performed by someone from Nazareth. Isn't this Joseph, the son of Mary, the son of the carpenter, right? Well, don't we know his brothers and his sisters? It says Jesus could perform no mighty work there. And then the very last verse, verse six says, he went about all the villages in a circuit teaching where there is a lack of faith, where there is a lack of passion, where there is a lack of zeal, Teaching is always one of the best ways to incur and generate and develop a passion for what has been diminished, what has been devalued, what is missing. Amen? And so as a, as a teacher, I just felt led to jump into these nine gifts where there's already a, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misappropriation. Um, I'll, I'll say this too, and, and I hope that you can receive this uh, from a pastor and from a man of God that I don't believe we know all there is to know about these nine gifts. 
I believe that we are preaching and teaching and sharing what we know to the best of our ability. My, 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 my job is to avoid um, obstruction and avoid error, but it is not my job to reveal all and everything in a fully uh, extensive manner regarding these nine gifts. So know that as much as we've taught, as much as we've gone through over these last weeks, I have not covered everything there is to know. I have done my best to maintain the value of the word and and refrain from error, refrain from opinion, refrain from what I think or how I've seen it and even my experiences with uh, with a lot of these gifts. But it is, it, it, I, I cannot come up here and give you the full extensive, can't do that on a Wednesday night first off. And secondly, um, they're, they're supernatural. Meaning that, you know what? There's gonna be a lot of questions. We're gonna get into the three gifts um, that are the most, um, I wouldn't even say, wouldn't even say misused. They're just the least used when we talk about the power gifts. When we come to utterance and and we come to revelation, utterance being the most used, revelation coming in next, word of knowledge, words of wisdom and discerning of spirits. But when we get into these three power gifts, these are the ones that are the least used. And there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions when it comes to miracles, signs, and wonders. There's a lot of questions when it comes to healing, divine health, how much of it is my responsibility to maintain uh, healthy living and how much of it is, is what I can expect God to do and then how much of it is where I need to incur my faith. I mean, when it comes to healing, I believe that healing is more extensive than we've, we make it out to be. Yes, we know what the scripture says, lay the hands on the sick and they will recover. Simple command, but there's a lot in there. If you study the scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you, you, that there's a lot when it comes to healing that if you're not seeing results, we need to start looking at certain things. One of them being a, a person's level of faith. And it's an attack of the enemy to resist and push back on this, don't challenge my faith, don't judge my faith. Jesus did that all the time. In fact, he'd call them right out. Why are you of little faith, weak faith, no faith, great faith, amazing faith? I mean, he called out a Roman centurion one time that just said, speak a word only and my servant will be healed. And he's, he stopped everything in its tracks and says, this is astonishing faith. I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. From a Gentile Roman centurion that didn't even know who God is. It's incredible. So, you know, levels of faith is very important. In fact, faith, I, I could do a, a, a whole uh, element of why you, you can't even receive these nine gifts without faith. It's impossible. Let's just be honest with you. Why? Because it's supernatural. It's by faith you receive a a word of revelation, wisdom, knowledge. Because you're, I'll tell you what, the church doesn't put itself in a position where we have to literally trust God or all fails as much as we ought to. Right? We always have backup plans. If he doesn't come through financially, we got a credit card somewhere. 
And we'll call it the Holy Spirit. Right? If he doesn't come through, you know, with the headache, there's an ibuprofen tablet somewhere laying around the house. We, we've got our backup plans. We have our natural resources. But these nine gifts don't need ibuprofen, don't need credit cards, don't need therapy. Come on now. These nine gifts don't need none of that. Now, I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying that when these nine gifts are in operation, they're not coming alongside uh, an ibuprofen. They're not coming alongside a doctor or a surgery. They're not coming alongside, uh, you know, some natural thing, element that can be introduced to aid. The Holy Spirit doesn't need natural help to do what he does. Does that make sense? And so these three gifts are called the power gifts. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's uh, look there. Did I already tell you to go there? Good. So let's look at that. Uh, Start with verse 1. Start with verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's as the Lord wills. These are the nine gifts of the Spirit. Three gifts say something. Three gifts reveal something. And now we have three gifts that do something. These are called the power gifts. Those three gifts are the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. Notice there that gifts of healings is plural. It's the only one that is plural. So as you're taking your notes, jotting that down, make sure you write it down correctly and we'll come to it. You have the gift of faith, singular, working of miracles, singular, and then uh, the gifts of healings. These are the three power gifts. They are so closely associated that I'm going to cover all three tonight and wrap this thing up on the gifts of the Spirit. So I want to start with the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. Gifts of healings can be defined or Outlined this way, to deliver the sick and destroy the works of the devil in the human body. Okay? The gifts of healings are given to deliver the sick 
and destroy the works of the devil, specifically in the human body, to deliver the sick and destroy the works of the devil in the human body. Now, the gifts of healings, as I mentioned, is the only gift out of all nine that is mentioned in plurality, multiples, the gifts of healings. It's actually mentioned this way three different times uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of healings. Some would ask, why is it plural? Why are all the others single? We don't know. That's just the easiest answer. We don't know. I can surmise. I can give you an answer. I'm just telling you. This isn't revealed to me from on high, from the Lord. But this is what I believe. There are multiples of diseases. Therefore, there are multiples of healings. Um, I know ministers, personally, that have an anointing in a specific infirmity that they seem to be able to pray for and receive results and deliverance over specific diseases, sicknesses, or infirmities in the body. One, for example, you know, Pastor Daryl Huffman. He's been here several times. And Pastor Daryl Huffman, um, over the years, I can't remember how long it's been, but over the years, um, he and his wife together have had a, a, a particular anointing and they're in a church, if, they're, if they are approached by someone that, that has that ailment, when they pray for them and they pray the, the, the prayer of healing back in 2000, let's see, that would have been either, it would have been 2010, either 2010 or 2011, but I believe it was 2010. Uh, his name is Joshua Clay. His younger brother, Pastor Caleb, obviously is in our church. The pastor, uh, or not pastor, but Josh and Danny for years were having trouble getting pregnant. And and I, I know they wouldn't mind me sharing this. Pastor Daryl Huffman was uh, in St. Augustine doing a series of services. And just by word of knowledge, uh, called that out in service. If there was anyone that was having trouble getting pregnant or, you know, struggling with that in, in their body, they would come down. Pastor Daryl and Bonnie together prayed for them. And it wasn't, I don't think it wasn't about a month that they were pregnant with their first daughter and now they've got four of them. He said, I can turn it on, but I can't turn it off. <laughs> That's up to you. And he'll tell you that. I, I can, we, I, we can pray and we, you can get the answer, but then it's up to you when you got to pull the plug or whatever you got to do there. Um, but that would be the, the, the only summation that I could come to why it's pluralized versus singular like all the rest of the gifts. It does not mean that they only have uh, an anointing or can only pray for a prayer of healing in that area, but they seem to exercise a particular authority over particular ailments, okay? Um, so, let's keep going. Gifts of healings, uh, when in operation, 
can fully rely on the faith of the minister at the expense of the faith of the recipient or the one that is sick. Say that again. The gift of healings when in operation can fully rely on the faith of the minister even at the expense of the faith of the recipient. Now, many times when Jesus healed somebody, if you look through the word, he would make a statement, your faith has made you whole. To receive any kind of healing, there's gotta be faith of one of three parties. Either the faith of the sufferer, the recipient, the faith of a standby, somebody believing for them, especially in a case where an individual is too sick to believe for themselves or too young to believe for themselves. Parents, you have authority over your children's bodies. When sickness comes upon them, you had better be speaking, rebuking the sickness and disease and believing for healing to come on your child's body until they get old enough that they can develop that faith for themselves. You may remember in, um, I believe it's Mark chapter 4, there is a young man that is lame, can't get in the front door of the house. He's got four friends that what? Walk him up the stairs of the the house, the side of the house, cut a hole in the roof, drop him down. And it specifically says when Jesus saw their faith, their faith. Faith is visible. Faith can be seen. Amen? So when he saw their faith, so you can have the faith of the sufferer, the the faith of the one needing ministry, the faith of standby, somebody standing in the gap for or believing for, or in this instance, we see that someone can be healed supernaturally when a gift of the gifts of healings is in operation where the minister has faith that Uh, healing will be administered even if the individual receiving doesn't have faith. An example of this uh, would be found, I believe it's John chapter 8. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. It's surrounded with individuals that are sick, surrounded with individuals that are uh, ailing or suffering. Jesus finds a lame man that we learn later had been lame for 38 years. 38 years. And he approaches this man, and this guy doesn't even know who Jesus is. Many times they were, they called him Lord, they called him rabbi, they called him teacher, uh, you know, they called him Messiah. This guy calls him sir. He says, sir, I don't even have anyone to push me into the water. It's the only time Jesus is called sir in the Bible. No recognition of who he was. And through supernatural ability, the the supernatural gift operating through Jesus as the minister and the distributor of the healing, that man received his healing. Now, that is uh, the uh, least promoted way to receive a healing on the faith of a minister or someone else. The greatest way to receive a healing is you developing faith yourself to believe for and receive that healing, okay? When we talk about these healings, uh, these are supernatural healings of diseases without natural means, 
Now, I want to be very clear here. This is supernatural healing without natural means, meaning there's no employing of medication, doctors, procedures, science, and the like. This is a complete uh, healing and um, realigning supernaturally. Now, that does not negate the value of medicine, science, procedures, or even natural means such as vitamins or minerals or natural resources to keep ourselves healthy. And it also doesn't supersede the need for you to live a healthy life. A lot of the church today is in need of a miracle or in need of a healing in their body because they're not keeping themselves in divine order healthy, eating whatever we want and doing whatever we want or not doing what we're supposed to do. And then we find ourselves in need of a healing or in need of a miracle where God has given a divine order of how we ought to take care of ourselves. He's made everything we need or that our bodies need to to provide a, a, a proper lifestyle. He's placed it in the earth, okay? So I'm not negating, we're not talking down on. We thank God. For medicine, we thank God for doctors. We thank God especially for Christian doctors, believing doctors, spirit-filled doctors. I love getting me a spirit-filled doctor because now I don't have to contend with, I don't have to resist and push back and, you know, check off all your little vaccine boxes and just dumping more junk in your body that's just making it worse, not helping you out at all. Uh, there are uh, plenty of great, amazing doctors that know the word of God and are going to help you walk and believe by faith as well as support you in healthy living. But then we'll also be honest enough to say, hey, if we're not getting the results through the prayer of faith and through the prayer of healing, here's something we can do. Here's a surgery that can take place. Here's a medicine that I believe will aid in recovery. Here's, here, here's a procedure that, that can show up. And so uh, we're not negating the value of medical professionals. We're not negating the value of even medicine itself. They serve a purpose, but they don't serve the purpose for healing. They will serve the purpose of recovering and doing what we can naturally. And I've many times encouraged individuals, do what you can naturally and believe God for the rest. Or believe God God as far as you can. And then expect the Lord, or then use natural measures as needed. Absolutely. You're not going to get that from me. You know, this is, you know, a derailment of, 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 you know, whether it's word of faith or whether it's a certain teaching or a certain uh, circle uh, that is introduced that, that doctors are no good and medical science is no good and, and, and all these different things. I'm going to tell you right now that there we have these individuals in the earth. Luke himself was a doctor, traveled with Paul as a doctor, saw many miracles, signs, and wonders as a physician. But then there was a lady with a woman with issue of blood. And it said when the doctors had what? Done all they could. 
you know that natural means has limitations. And thank God we don't have to just merely rely on natural means. Amen? So when we're talking about a gift of healings, gifts of healings, we're talking about wholeheartedly, 100%. This is an operation of a healing that is manifesting with no need, no requiring of, of doctors, of medicine, uh, of, of, of procedure, surgery. It literally corrects itself on its own. And many times this gift shows up when there is no natural recourse. I mean, if someone is blind, there's no natural recourse to help them see. Not that we've come across yet. You know, for a long time, we've been trying to uh, beat cancer. Right? I mean, they're, they're, money, billions of dollars is being spent on research to defeat this disease of all different sorts of cancers. But this is something where when natural resource has met its end, we now have a gift of the Spirit, gifts of healings that can operate and show up in a person's body. Amen? Um, so I want to make that very clear, that we are not negating uh, the need for medical science, doctors, and things of the like. Uh, Gifts of healings are typically distributed by a laying on of hands, an anointing with oil, or even simply speaking God's word. Comes by a laying on of hands, anointing with oil, or simply speaking God's word. But, this is the key, every single time a gift of healings is in operation, there is a person being used. There is an individual being used. There is a minister of the gift of healings that is correcting this thing without the need of any natural source. So whether it's someone that's praying for you, whether it's someone that's anointing you, whether it's someone that's speaking the word, there's always a vessel. There is always someone that the Lord is using. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we know this. Uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, I need to make one thing clear, because when we look at the life of Jesus, and you'll hear in our church many times uh, speaking on who we are in Christ and what we have been delegated, the authority that we have. This is something that we have to address. Jesus had the Spirit without measure. You do not have the Spirit without measure. Now, I believe that the church as a whole has the Spirit without measure, meaning that we as a, as a church as a whole corporately can produce what Jesus was able to produce individually. But there is no one individual on this planet that has all that Jesus had at the same time as Jesus did. Jesus operated in all five-fold gifts of ministry. That will never happen again. Jesus operated as a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, evangelist, and apostle. All five of them. Not one individual on this planet will ever operate with all five gifts. Many of them operate with multiples. 
Many of them have a pastor gift and a teacher gift, a prophet gift, a prophet gift and an evangelist gift, an apostle gift and a pastor gift. But, but there's no one individual that's going to walk on this planet like Jesus with all those gifts. Goes the same for the nine gifts of the Spirit. We already saw that he distributes to each one individually. And then he even answers himself later in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 around verse 28. He says, are all apostles? No. Are all evangelists? No. Do all have this gift or do all have that gift? No. And so what we have to understand is I'm just going to put it this way and then let the chips fall where they may. Where they may. We're not going to see every person that we pray for healed. There's many reasons why they won't, whether it be their faith, whether it be the scenario, whether it be the fact that we need a gift in operation and I may not have that gift operating in my life. It may not happen under me, but this is what Jesus demonstrated in his life. All sickness and disease has to submit to kingdom authority, all of it. There's not one disease, there's not one illness, there's not one ailment on this planet. The the devil hasn't invented a new sickness and disease that's just beyond heaven's capacity now. It's like, well, I guess we're just all going to have to die from that one. You know, I was reading a book, and an individual pointed out something very interesting. He said, if medical science... And if doctors were uh, the, the, the way that God was bringing healing into the earth, even supernaturally, then why is it seen that we have more diseases, not less? Why is it that people are getting sicker, not better? I mean, we've got more scientific technology. I got a medical professionals right over here. We've got more technology than we've ever had that our grandparents wish they had. That these individuals wish they had. So if that were the answer, we ought to see, we ought to see sickness and disease. Like, but I mean, we, we, every time, I, knew, I mean, there's COVID-19. There were 18 of them before we got there. <laughs> Come on now. No, there, there, there's still and never will be a sickness on this planet that, that God will have to bow to. It will always have to bow to God. It will always have to submit to kingdom authority. It will always have to submit. And when you get a a gift of the spirit in operation, boy, you better watch out. Now, many people, and I'm not going to get deep into this. I'm not going to teach on on healing. I I could. I'm not going to teach on it. But many people, when they receive a healing, aren't taught how to keep their healing. And that's a whole other ballgame. There's a lot we got to understand. There's a lot that we've got to wrap our heads around when it comes to divine health and divine healing and seeing these miracles in our lives. Okay, so that is the gifts of, miracle, uh, gifts of healings. Number two, working of miracles. The second power gift that we're going to look at tonight, working of miracles. Working of miracles. I would define it this way, a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. I'd give you this as well. A temporary suspension 
of the accustomed order. A temporary suspension of the accustomed order. Many times, um, you know, we, we don't use a lot of these words accurately as they ought to be defined. So, you know, we use the word miracle very loosely today. Okay? We, we call things miracles that, <laughs> they're not miracles. I mean, it might be a miracle that Camden cleaned his room, but technically it's not a miracle. To me, in our house, it's a miracle. <laughs> you did that? Wow. We use miracle to, to describe or explain anything that is out of the ordinary for us, right? Out of the norm. Uh, but... Technically, we have to understand what this word miracle means in this context. This is what the Greek word for miracles means, powers. It's actually the working of powers. When there is a working of miracles in operation, it's always demonstrated with power. Always demonstrated with power. It also means this. I love this one explosions of almightiness. <laughs> I love that. Explosions of almightiness. I'll remind you that miracles are normal to God. It's out of the norm for us. It's disrupting the natural order of things. But with God, it, it, this is just what he does. Uh, it also carries this connotation with it in the Greek. Impelling astonishing and staggering impelling astonishing and staggering so we are talking specifically of power we're not just talking about oh it's a miracle that that took place uh, honestly we we have made this statement the greatest miracle of all is what when someone's born again it's not a miracle okay not in this context not in working of miracles we're talking about something that is demonstrating power. It's disrupting the natural order of something. I give you some examples. Parting of waters of a sea. Walking on water. Water coming out of a rock. Water turned into wine. I mean, that's a lot of water stuff. I mean, God loves to work with water, apparently. Those are all the disrupting of the natural order. Waters don't just split in half. Water without some type of natural ingredient doesn't just turn into wine. This was water turned into wine at a spoken word. You can't walk on water naturally. You're disrupting the natural orders of things. Um, the sun standing still, that's a disrupting that's a suspension of the accustomed order, right? The sun doesn't stand still. You don't get time back. You don't get to hold out time. But that is a, a miracle. A check in the mail is not a miracle. I know it might be amazing and astonishing and staggering that an insurance company actually gave you money. I know that seems miraculous, but that is not the power demonstration that we're talking about here. Uh, multiplication of food. Jail doors opening on their own. The Bible is full of miracles. 
Now, here's what I love about this. Uh, the working of miracles was predominant in the Old Testament, but not as much in the New Testament. I'm going to explain why here in a minute. The working of miracles was predominant in the Old Testament, but not as much in the New Testament. The gifts of healings are predominant in the New Testament, but not as much in the Old Testament. I'm going to explain that. Working of miracles. Miracles uh, miracles are amazing. Miracles are astonishing. And there are times where we need a miracle, but God never designed us to live off of miracles. God didn't need them to live off of water coming out of a rock. He eventually wanted them to take a promised land. Come on now. That had rivers flowing abundantly through it. Amen. But there was a miracle when the brook Cherith did not dry up, even though they were in the middle of a famine. It should not have continued with running water. But it was sustaining the prophet Elijah in a moment where there was no way naturally he could rely on that. Okay? Gifts of healings now are more predominant in the New Testament in the church today, in the dispensation that we are today. Why? Because Jesus literally made sickness and disease uh, the miracle and the healings provided that for you when his back was beat open, stripped open by the cat of nine tails. Okay? In the Old Testament, Jesus had not taken stripes on his back for every healing and every disease, as we know that we have today. It was prophesied up, by his stripes you are what? Healed. So we see these healings, we, we see some healings in miracles take place in the Old Testament. We see the raising of the dead take place in the Old Testament. Prophet Elisha laid across that boy's body. Breath came back into his body, came back into his lungs, lived again. So in the New Testament, we're not designed to live off of the miracles as they in the Old Testament. Remember, no Old Testament person had the Holy Spirit living in them and coming upon them like you and I do today. Remember that. You're going to ask the Old Testament people about the miracles they performed. You're going to ask Moses how he parted the water. You're going to ask, uh, uh, you know, you're going to ask them how they walked across on dry ground. That you're going to ask them about all those amazing feats. But you know what? They're going to turn and they're going to look at you and say, "What was it like to have the Holy Spirit upon you? The power upon you? You see the difference? We're not designed to live off of the." Miracles any longer, although there are scenarios where we still need the miraculous to take place. Therefore, we have a gift of the Spirit to cover that. But healings now, they, 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 Moses could not say, by his stripes, I'm healed. Couldn't do it. You and I can. In fact, the prophet that wrote that, Isaiah, couldn't put that on his own life. By his stripes, I'm healed. There were no stripes yet. He's prophesying. But you and I now, we get to declare by his stripes, I am healed. He went through that punishment. He went through that torture. I'm not taking this sickness. I'm not receiving that. I'm not accepting that diagnosis. I hear it. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that my faith is greater than those facts. I've already got a final report. Who has believed the report of the Lord? Amen. Okay? So that's just an interesting uh, note there. When we're talking about miracles, we are not talking about healings. When, we, when you see a healing, anything that affects the human body, it gets qualified and categorized as a gift of healing. 
We're talking about inanimate objects, the order of life, the, 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 the natural order of things uh, just in, in life. Okay, so we, we're talking about storms. We're talking about supernatural protection. We're talking about divine deliverance. Miraculous work that could only be done uh, supernaturally. Uh, so we need to understand that, that we're not typically applying this to the, the body. Um, this is why we need working of miracles. I'll just give you uh, some of these here. To confirm the word of God. He says that they, they teach and they preach and they taught the word with signs following. To confirm the word of God. To deliver from unavoidable danger. I mean, there was no doubt Peter was losing his life the next day if that jail cell doesn't break open. Paul and Silas have no other way out except that a trembling earthquake shows up, busts open all the jail uh, cell doors, and delivers them in that moment. That is a miracle. There's no, uh, there's no natural recourse. There's no natural way out. I mean, I, I've, I've seen uh, and heard stories, especially growing up in Texas, where tornadoes would blow through communities, but there'd be this house in the middle of a, a, the whole neighborhood is gone, and there's this one house standing. That's a miracle. To deliver from supernatural bondage. I've seen people supernaturally delivered from nicotine, alcohol, pornography, but only by a working of miracles. I'm not saying it always works that way. You, you may need to do some things naturally that, that can help you get delivered from those things. Now, keeping your deliverance, again, just same with healing, that's a whole nother. Sometimes we find ourselves relying on a gift of the Spirit where we've got to develop something within ourselves, some level of resistance, some level of accountability, some level of uh, ownership and discipleship. Um, to provide for those in need beyond natural solution. When you're out in the middle uh, 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 of a wilderness or wherever they were, and there's no food, and you've been preaching all day, he says, give them something to eat. There's no natural way to give them something to eat. They even said, if we had the money. We got the money, but we don't have anywhere to buy it from. Well, just give me five loaves and two fish. Give me a fish sandwich and multiply it and multiply it and multiply it until we have some left over. That is a supernatural disruption of natural order of things. Amen. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we'll see miracles uh, used and employed to carry out divine judgment and discipline. There were 10 of them that came to Pharaoh, even to his own house. Okay, so this is a working of miracles. It is a, a supernatural disruption of natural order. It is the, the literal uh, divine um, intervention in an ordinary course of nature. All right, last one that I want to get to is the gift of faith. This, just like what we talked about with miracles many times, uh, is misunderstood and misapplied because we, we, we think of faith in a general sense. I want to remind you, all nine of these gifts, even the gift of faith, is completely 100% supernatural. 
This is not a level of faith that you can build your faith to. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? The gift of faith does not come by hearing. It does not come by reading more scripture. It, do, it literally comes by the Holy Spirit supernaturally only. It's not faith that I can develop by getting in the word more. It's not faith. But, but I can tell you right now, if your faith, um, you know, when, when you come into contact with someone that operates with the gift of faith, um, their level of faith in what they can develop naturally is already through the roof. Meaning, if you neglect and abandon your own development of the natural ability to walk in faith, that you, you don't stand a chance to walk in supernatural faith. A faith that is beyond natural means and natural ability. Now, many times we just define faith as a belief, right? But ultimately, this is what the gift of faith is. If I could just put it in its simplest form. It's literally treating God's word as true in its literalist, simplistic form. It's treating God's word as true. We don't meet a lot of people that believe that they can see a dead body raised up. When we talk about the gift of faith and operation, if we're talking about faith that's supernatural, then we're talking about a situation that demands supernatural faith. Not, not talking about gift of faith to get rid of a headache. We're talking about gift of faith to do, you know, the unthinkable. Beyond, I've seen people operate, uh, you know, with the gift of faith over finances, gift of faith over healing and disease, uh, 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 disease a, a gift of faith in miracles. Um, this is the way I found this. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that put it this way: the gift of faith receives the miracle that the working of miracles performs. I'll say that again. The gift of faith receives the miracle that the working of miracles performs. So you could say it this way. Just like the tongues and interpretation of tongues, they demand the usage of another gift. The gift of faith demands the usage of one of the other two power gifts, either a gifts of healings to be in operation or a working of miracles. You could say it this way, the gift of faith is the passive form, the believing side, and the working of miracles is the active form, the doing or the performing side. So the gift of faith, that you will not have a gift of faith in operation and not see a result. Does that make sense? You will see a natural, tangible result. I believe that individuals can have a gift of faith to pray for other individuals to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I know individuals that man, when they pray for someone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, they have them speaking in tongues before they even finish asking them. Shelly's that way. I mean, she is going to get a desire. I'll be honest. I have, there have been plenty of times I've prayed with people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and they haven't received it in its full functional state of speaking in other tongues, receiving the evidence of speaking in other tongues. 
and you just keep pressing, you keep, you stay consistent. Hey, are we working that? Are we working that? But there are individuals that, that like, like Shelly, I mean, when, when you know they're about to speak in another language, it's supernatural. So they're going to get a desired result. They are going to see a natural, tangible result. There's never going to be a gift of faith in operation without a tangible, natural result in demonstration. It gets the results. I was reading a book on Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, it's, it's said of his ministry that he raised somewhere around 14 people from the dead. 14 people. Uh, and it told uh, a, a few stories. And there was one in particular that he told where there was a dead body. That he literally picked up the dead body off the bed. And stood it up against the wall and commanded the dead corpse in the name of Jesus to come back to life. And it did. Y'all scared yet? Or are you excited? Huh? Yeah. But they talked to him about it. And, and he answered and he said, I believed as far as I could when I got in that room with that dead body. And it was almost as if God was believing for me. That was his words. It was almost as if I tapped into. Here's the thing you got to understand. The gift of faith and working of miracles were the first two gifts ever to be in operation going back to Genesis chapter one. They were the first two gifts ever to be in operation in the Bible, in, in, in existence. You speak and say, let there be light. That takes a gift of faith. And there was light. That's a working of miracles beyond natural order. Light doesn't just show up out of nowhere. We didn't even have the sun yet and there was light. Sun wasn't even created for a few more days. Come on. See, God's not expecting us to do something he's not doing. And Smith Wigglesworth explained it as, it was as if I was literally, I tapped into the faith that God has. A supernatural, beyond belief, beyond normal, just, you know, I, I'm going to build my faith or develop my faith to this level. It was a, a supernatural, I know that this body, when I stand it on the wall, it's going to come back to life and it's not going to fall back to the ground. And that was just one instance. I mean, I guess if you do it after one time, you can get a little bit of faith or boldness for the other 13 times. Amen? The gift of faith provides protection. The gift of faith provides sustenance. The gift of faith provides blessing. And the gift of faith helps you overcome demonic forces. The gift of faith receives the miracle that the working of miracles performs. I pray that throughout all of these teachings, all of these talks, um, all these opportunities to dive into these nine gifts, that it has... My, the, the, the number one thing, I don't want to just fill your head with knowledge. I want to fill your heart with passion. I don't want to just fill your head with information. What good is it if we teach these things and we don't have nine gifts in operation? 
And could it be possible in this room right now, all nine gifts are here? Could that be possible? Absolutely. Of course that's possible. And he expects them to be demonstrated, not just talked about. Not going to have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. I said it Sunday. People don't have any problem with the Bible, don't have any problem with church, don't have any problem with Christians until we start producing power. Power is what disrupts everybody. Didn't have a problem with Jesus until he wasn't just building houses and, and, and beds anymore when he started actually changing and transforming people's lives. Now all of a sudden we got to do something about this guy. Didn't have a problem with the disciples until they, started, until they started raising a lame man at the gate called Beautiful. They were fine with them going to the temple praying. They did it all the time and didn't create one disruption. Never got arrested. Never got threatened with their life for praying in a church. But the one day they go there, and they heal somebody, we got to get rid of these guys. Didn't have any problem with Paul and Silas doing their ministry until they took their fortune teller girl and turned her into a believer. And now we've beaten your backs open and we're going to threaten you with your life and you're going to sit down here until tomorrow and we're going to take your head off. What is it? Every single time the consistency is power. When power shows up, the religious get disrupted and the world gets transformed. So the reason why we're teaching this, reason why we're going, because I need a zeal and passion from this church to see these gifts in operation. And not just in here, and not just in there, and not just up here, out there. I want to hear, I want to get the emails and the phone calls, and pastor, I got to tell you what just happened at, at work today. I want to hear about the working of miracles. I want to hear about the, 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 the curing of sickness and diseases. And they didn't go to the doctor. The doctor told them there was nothing else they could do. They went back the next week for a scan and the tumor was gone. That's a gift of healing and operation. But we got to believe this stuff is still for today. We got to believe that this stuff is, it, it is expected to be in operation through his church today. And that's why we're teaching this. That's why we're talking about this. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.